Today on Locked On Red Wings, the slide continues with another pitiful performance, this time in Minnesota against the Wild. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J A W W J News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's a host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Uh, and Scotty, things aren't great in Red Wings land as the Red Wings fall six to three against the Minnesota Wild. And man, I just don't know. It's getting to a point now, Scotty, where I don't know what to say to the listeners anymore with regards to You ever to this seen the movie team. Groundhog Day? Yes, I have. And I know exactly where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, tell the people because there's probably no man. It just it feels <laughs> like it's feels like every every game we come on here and say the same stuff. Like this, it's it's one thing to have a rut that your team goes through and it is they're they're I don't know finding different ways to lose or there's something that's that you want to point out as to why they are struggling at, or something along those lines. This is I mean this is straight up just every game we come on here and say the same thing, right? Like every game we come on here and we go, well the defense wasn't very good, the goaltending really got left out to dry. They got no help by the defense. Neither were good. And in the third period, they gave up a bleep ton of goals. That has been a constant throughout this entire thing. The only inconsistency amongst this from game to game has been the offensive performance. Sometimes they score enough to where they can give up a ton of goals in the third and still hold on. And sometimes they have a close game in the third or a tie even in tonight's case in the third. And then they end up losing by three. And at one point we're down four. Like that's. That, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, uh, or I guess maybe they just staggered it and, and we're only ever down three. But still, like, point remains, man. Like, it's it's, uh, it, it's really just same old stuff, different day. Like, is <laughs> really what uh, what this is starting to feel like. And it's, it's very frustrating. I think that that falls pretty heavily on coaching, to be honest with you. Obviously, the players are the ones out there. And... Uh, and they're the ones that that have to execute said game plan, and so it it certainly falls very heavily on everybody that's a part of this his shoulders, right? I, I I don't, um, I feel like a lot of people in today's sports climate just want to find like one person who's at fault for everything, and that's very rarely true. This is definitely a a, a group effort of <laughs> of of struggling lately. This is not all on on one individual. Um, but I, I, I think it's really hard not to take a look at the um, at, at coaching lately just because of the fact that they lose in the exact same way every single game. I've well said, honestly, I could say that's the recap of the episode and we could move on, but we got to talk for 30 minutes. So we have to talk about individual performances and whatnot. And, you know, we didn't lead it off the way we normally would. Speaking of which, uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, make <laughs> every moment more right now. No, it's my fault. I should have done it right off the bat. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 uh, bucks. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to get started. Uh, and 
in an extension of that and how we didn't really lead the episode off the way we normally would normally i'd ask you scotty like what's your one word uh, well my one word just i've been i knew it from this moment that the wild scored that fourth goal to make it four to two was exasperated and it's exasperated because of everything that you just said in regards to this hockey team you know we were optimistic that with a three-day break this team would, you know, anyone who's fostering bumps and bruises may be able to, you know, take their foot off the pedal and relax and come back a bit healthier. We knew there were still injury issues, obviously Lyon and Husso are still hurt. Uh, we knew coming into the game that Petrie, Mata, and Christian Fisher and Clem Costin were all out. Christian Fisher added to the IR as well a couple days ago now. So, but that's not an excuse. I mean, especially when... This team is sliding. You still got to find ways to win. And yeah, we talked about it yesterday. This Minnesota Wild team is playing really hot. You know, coming into the game, they've won 10 of the last 13, 10 and three in their last 13. That's incredible. But I mean, despite that, this team, you can't use it as an excuse and you cannot continually use it as an excuse. It's a reality. It's a part of the game. But like you said, Scotty, it is a complete team effort and it starts at the top with the coaching. And right now, Every single level of this team is not getting it done apart from one man. And that guy, man's name is Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane's getting it done. And Alex Dabrinka had two points in this game as well. And like, that's cool, right? Like I'm pumped up that Patrick Kane's got four, uh, four game goal streak right now. I'm pumped up that he's a point per game for the Detroit Red Wings. I'm happy that that connection with Alex Dabrinka is alive and well, but it can't just be them. Like it literally cannot be really? just the top line. Because right now, through this rough stretch, the Kane, Debrinkin, whoever is centering them, right now it's been Larkin since he's come back, has been the only line that has gone out there and consistently had chances and make things happen and score goals. It cannot continue to be this way, or else this team is never gonna win any, like, I'm just, what's the word? <laughs> Any substantial, that's what I'm looking for, substantial number of hockey games in a row. And you're quickly finding yourself falling out of the playoff race. Like we talked about it, right? This is a really tight Atlantic division, and you cannot afford to go on these giant losing skits. And yeah, I know it's probably going to be balanced out in the end by the giant winning streaks they go on, but the highs are so high with this team, and the lows are so low with this team that it just becomes exasperating to watch. And this game was no exception. I won't go as far as to say it was the worst game of the season because I th feel like I have a penchant of saying that when this when they play a bad game, like, that was the worst game of the season. But it was up there. It was a really bad hockey game. I they played a really good 15 minutes in the first period. That was this that was when I thought they were at their peak. But the rest of the the what 45 minutes of this hockey game they were on their heels they were forcing passes that weren't there and they were just committing unforced turnover after unforced turnover, giving the wild opportunities they shouldn't have had. Yeah, man. I, uh, my word is just like repeat, I guess for starters, uh, <laughs> if that wasn't clear at the beginning. Hog. So, right. Yeah. Uh, was it max? We talked about it with, we talked about it relatively recently, uh, about this team's inability to, just get the puck out of their own zone. And I feel like this game was the just the highlighter of that take, right? Like this, this was 
you watch this game, this team refused to get the puck out of their defensive zone. They they could not do it. They physically could not do it. So many of the goals were because like the Wings had possession in their own zone, could not get the puck across the blue line consistently throughout this entire game. If it wasn't goals, it was it was high danger opportunities. It was just longer possessions that that led to more high danger opportunities. Like the it, it was so blatantly obvious that this team under nearly any circumstance in the second and third period literally could not get the puck out of their own out of the defensive zone. It, it was it was remarkable in the worst connotation. And I I think that that is I think it it must have been Boltman, but uh somebody we we I know we had a conversation about that relatively recently about how somebody brought that up and it, it just it, it was remarkable to me how much they struggled with that in this hockey game and how much the Wild just completely took advantage of that giant hole in the Red Wings game. Yeah. Yeah. It's because like you want to talk about turnovers, like they I guess they are, right? Like they are like technically they are turnovers, but I mean, it was that specifically. It was all just an inability to clear the freaking puck. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really it. I mean, the, the damning stat of this game is the Wild had 11 takeaways and the Red Wings had three. The, yeah. It's just... We're going to take a quick break, Scotty. Give me a minute to recoup my thoughts as I serenade the people with today's sponsor, um, and then when we come back, we'll talk individual performances because I, an individual performance doesn't mean necessarily people in particular, but like lines too, because line two was really bad in this game. The Raymond Comfer, uh, Fabry line was awful. Uh, and there's a lot of conversation that needs to be had about the defense in this game. There was only so much you could do. I understand that. And of course, goaltending as well. Uh, we'll talk about all that in segments two and three as well as well as give you a World Junior Championship update as Team Germany did something they had never done before. Uh, so stay tuned to segments two and three of Lockdown Red Wings. It's almost the halfway point in the Red Wings season, and regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is the number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. All you need to do is pick whether or not studs like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, or McKinnon, or heck, did you see that goal Luke Hughes scored to like pretty much will the devils to a victory over the blue jackets. That was incredible. We'll record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves plus minus and more in a given game to win a hundred times bet on sleeper. You need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me Red Wings fans. You can win a hundred times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start playing attention, Start playing, start paying attention rather, and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code Lockdown NHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment two Lockdown Red Wings podcast. All right, Scotty, where do you want to lead off first? Do you want to talk? second line do you want to talk defense do you want to talk goaltending i'll let you choose wow you're really just letting me have uh 
What an honor you're, it is. You're man. best of Jeez. the worst, if you will. Goodness. Um, I, I think I would I, I think we should just do defense and goaltending, and we can kind of almost lump them in together and talk about it all at once, like we usually do. Uh, this was a game where I mean, certainly no game in which you give up six goals is going to be considered a great game in net. Uh, but again, like we talked about earlier, man, like this, this, there was so many takeaways in your own zone that just set you up for failure and gave up extremely high danger opportunities. And again, that's not me making an excuse. As we say all the time, they can both be bad. Like they can, they, they, I, I promise it's possible. Like both the, the defense and the goaltending can both struggle on the same night. It doesn't all have to be one or the other, like I said earlier. Uh, but this defense was... I think it was horrific. Uh, it, it, they they really, really struggled mightily. And again, as I said in the beginning, I guess I'm kind of just talking in circles already. Uh, the, something needs to needs to change. Something, some adjustment needs to be made. Some game plan needs to be shifted, et cetera. Because this is just constant giving up high danger opportunities mm-hmm. in your own zone. Yeah, it was really, really, really bad at times. I mean, James Reimer looked fantastic through the first 40 minutes. Yeah. Like, he was the reason that the Red Wings were only down 2-1. to one. Red Wings continually, like we've said many times before, give up too many odd man rushes off bad pinches, uh, things of that nature, just missing guys who are sneaking out behind them. Next thing you know, it's bam, it's like 4-4, four to four, <laughs> like the Sharks game. Uh, that was really who's in it, obviously. But in this game, James Reimer, he made big saves. You know, and we've been critical of James Reimer. You know, we talked about how we know who our odd man goalie out is. And James Reimer through the first 40 was fantastic. And I feel like this was just one of those situations where eventually he they broke him. Because they just kept, especially in the third period, after the Red Wings came, especially the Red Wings came out in the third period looking like a team that wanted to come back. They tied the game up on the power playoff. A beautiful shot from Alex to bring it, feed, fed from Comfort and Ghost. Yeah. But right after that, like the wheels came back off again. They just, too many mistakes, too many giveaways. That goal by Ryan Hartman, I mean, that, mm, I just, I, I get so frustrated even thinking about that because the Red Wings were on the cusp of taking the lead at that moment. You know, Comfer couldn't it was a tie bury game it. In the third period. Just it was a tie game in the third period, dog. This, no, this I know. Two hockey game in the third. I mean, I, I I really don't want to do the thing where I go down every single goal again and like <laughs> talk about what went wrong, but I almost feel like I have to. Like, okay, first of all, you have your set D pairs in the first, like going into the game, but for whatever reason, Lalone decides to start Sharat and Hole together, and. That was an abysmal decision because 30 seconds in the game, Hull, who has been awful all season long, and I'm just going to flat out say it, a guy who I defended and was hopeful that, oh, man, maybe this guy outside of the Toronto media market and getting better deployments will turn out to be better. No, he's getting such easy deployments comparative to his compatriots. Like I don't know why I said compatriots. Teammates like Cider and Wallman still cannot put together a decent performance and he and Sherrod go out there, and Sherrod has had a decent season, but I don't understand why they started the game. Make an awful turnover. Wolman and Satter come on the ice. Wolman gets collided with Perron. Wolman's the only one back. Two on one. Goal 30 seconds in. What are we doing? Because that wasn't even the pair for the game. So why was that the pair they started at the puck drop? I don't get it. And then Marcus Johansson, Raymond, part of the second line 
problems that I've that, that this team just had, Lucas Raymond all game was just abysmal. This might have been his worst game of the season because he kept trying to make passes that just weren't there. And this was no exception. He crosses the blue line, drops the puck back to no one. The Wild pick it up, go back down the other end, and Ryan Hartman or Marcus Johansson finds Ryan Hartman on the three on two or three on one, whatever it was at that point, to bury the puck. I mean, and then the the Marcus Felino, we're back to where I started, right? The, the thing that set me off on this monologue in the first place. The Red Wings tied it two to two. They have a scramble in net. Every all the forwards are down low. They're all just falling over each other, trying to bury this puck in the slot. They can't do it. The wild breakout, they come back down the ice, and Marcus Felino buries the puck. And I <sighs> Edvinson and Justin Hall get lost in the sauce out there in the defensive zone. Austin Zarnick ended up having to be the guy standing in front of the net trying to protect James Reimer and defend James Reimer. And Zarnick's not a defenseman. He can't outmuscle Marcus Foligno. And it's 3-2. to two, And then that's where the, the floodgates open, right? Right after that, they, they bring the pressure again. The wings collapse, crash again. Johansson puts one right between Reimer's legs. And then I just... Yeah. <laughs> Word, dude. Yeah, I mean, you kind of talked about it there. That second line obviously had a really rough night. They're like minus four, dude. They were minus four. Yeah, minus four in a night ain't uh, ain't, ain't too pretty. Um, and then all of the defensive, I think two-thirds of the D group were all minus two. Um, so that was kind of passed around a little bit more. But yeah, man, I, I mean – We've talked so much about how this team's the identity that we think, and and I don't know when is the correct time to start questioning that, but like the identity that we think this team wants to take is that low event, good team defense, team defense hockey. And it, during this skid, it has been anything but that. And you've just had to, like, the only games you win are when you outscore your opponents. Like <laughs> They're just playing so off of what we thought going into the year that, and early on this season, and, and like, still think uh, that they want their identity to be. And that includes, and, and we try to, to say this as loud as we can, like, that, that very much includes defensive play by forwards, right? There's like that misconception that, you know, the, the team's defense only falls on the defenseman. And while I'm not, you know, stepping in front of any heat that the defensemen take because it was a bad game for them too, uh, this is, this is again, a group effort. This was, this was a, a brutal defensive performance. And, uh, yeah, the, the second line is obviously a very easy line to point to. Yeah, and, like, let's let's be fair too, right? Like, the defense is going through it right now. I mean, yeah, you've man, lost both, injuries left and right. Yeah, you've lost two of your everyday defensemen on the back end in Petrie and Mata. And I mean, say what you will uh, about this defense, but like Petrie and Sherratt have ha found good chemistry. Mata's a very um, a steady defense. You're right. You're end. right. You're right. But let me let me put it to you this I'm way. I'm not making excuses. No, no, no. Just I know you're not. Help. I know you're not. I know you're not. If, I don't know, the Boston Bruins lost their sixth slash seventh D-man and their third slash fourth D-man in the same game, but everyone else on the blue line was healthy. 
and they started giving up six goals a night. Do you think that anybody over there would just be like, well, they're going through it? Like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at, at the end of the day, this is this is something that that every single team in hockey goes through, is my point. Uh, and and Petrie, to your point, has had, a, has had a fine year. He's had a better year than I think people expected. Him and Sherratt next to each other have been more solid than I certainly anticipated. And, and it is clearly being felt by the team. I'm not trying to say it's not. But this is this is hockey. <laughs> like yes, it, people are hurt, uh, but it's it's not they're not your like perennial top line like biggest difference makers, and it, it just it doesn't feel like uh, to me. And I know again, you agree with me is like it's not a good enough excuse to justify what's happening out there on a nighttime. Right, and for me, it's more about the pairing decisions that they've made in lieu of the injuries. You know, like why are we pairing Justin Hall with? Simon Edmondson, like Justin Hall has been struggling all season long. You're yeah. going to pair him with a rookie. Like, I, I don't get That's that. Not decision. even something we really considered. I'm about to say something that I didn't think I would ever say that. I, I don't know why they didn't pair Ben Sherratt with Simon Edmondson. Yeah. That's also like, what we said. What was that yesterday? Two days ago. Yeah. And I mean, and it's so much easier said than done, right? The grass is always greener on the other side. Simon Edmondson, for what it's worth, didn't look like he had the greatest game in the world either. I don't think. Um, And I, he and he and Hole were definitely given like very good deployments in this game. A lot of a lot more offensive zone starts than defensive zone starts, especially you know when compared to guys like Wolman and Sider, who we should talk about in segment three. We shouldn't just brush past them either. But it's it's one of those situations where this team is just everything is going wrong for them right now, and there's only one way to stop the bleeding, and that's coaching. And coaching has not stepped up to the plate right now to, to yet to have stopped it. And like. Even when saying that, I, I think about like, okay, well, just the goaltending situation. Like the, there's a, everything is going wrong right now. Everything is going wrong right now. And somebody or something has got to step up to well, stop the bleeding. Agreed. But the, and I know we got to get to a break here, but like the thing about the goaltending situation is it wasn't sunshine and rainbows when they were all three healthy though. Right. <laughs> like that's not one where it's like, oh man, you know, they're like, even if you disagree on what I said, uh, you know, a minute or two ago about, the, the blue line and the forwards and, you know, how much we're missing those players defensively, that the, the goaltending wasn't doing very well when everyone was healthy. So like, yes, it's obviously a tough situation to be in now that two of your three are hurt, but that, <laughs> that, that, that hasn't mattered. That's been consistent all year, you know, in, in disregarding health. So it's uh yeah, man, just, just, and just wasting when it rains, it pours. Just wasting an incredible comeback story in Patrick Kane. This man yeah. joined a Red Wings team that was on the cusp of breaking a playoff drought. At least at the time, it looked that way. Not saying like uh, we're going to do it any moment, but a team that was hot. He joined the team to make look to make it better. He's joined the team. He's been better than anybody thought he would coming off hip resurfacing surgery, ourselves included. And this team, at that very moment, just crumbled. And yes, injuries have been a part of it. The schedule's been tough. But like we said at the start, you can't keep making excuses. Everything's bad right now, except for Kane and Debrinkit. And something has got to fix it. Something's got to step up. We're way overdue for a break. When we come back, we got to talk about Wallman Insider. After that, we'll get to the World Junior Championship. Stay tuned. Segment three of Locked on Red Wings. 
As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets and with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action. I know this ad is NFL-centric, Scotty, but did I see during, I think I saw today, watching World Junior Championships between games, they were talking a little bit about NBA, and I believe I saw that on FanDuel, the Pistons are plus 10,000 odds to never win a game for the rest of the season. Yes, you can bet on the Pistons to lose out. That is now that is now available. Which, uh, you know, you, you want to say that just process of elimination, they're going to get a win eventually. But they certainly dude, that I tweeted like that it. a couple like a week ago. One of my friends was like, dude, they have to win eventually. And my response was, they don't actually. They don't, <laughs> they don't actually have to win. Uh, so get on that bet. Give yourself an opportunity to win some big money. Uh, so visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. At least we're not the Pistons. At least we're not the Pistons. All right. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty. Let's talk about oh, Jake Wallman and Moritz Sider. We talked a little bit about them last week. And, you know, since then, not a whole heck of a lot has changed. They're still kind of been the forefront of conversation on social media. I will say some people saying that Moritz Sider has regressed. And they'll look at this game and see a couple of brutal turnovers by both Sider and Wallman. And the fact that they are both, I believe, minus two in this game and go, see, they suck. And yeah, they didn't necessarily look great out there at moments, but this comes down to it again, where I think coaching has a lot to do with it. And I would love to get into this as a bigger topic tomorrow, maybe if we have time, Scotty, but the Jake Wolman more Saturday deployment situation is, is wild to me. They, and there was a graphic that was going around social media the other day that just showcased how much more difficult deployments that Sider and Wolman get in the NHL compared to any other defensive pairing playing 300 plus minutes so far this season. They were staunchly like 10%, 20% better than any other defenseman or uh, defensive pairing when it comes to their strength of competition. They are almost exclusively deployed at the start of their shifts in the defensive zone and almost exclusively deployed against top lines. Other D pairings, other top pair D pairings in the NHL don't get that tough of a deployment. And it's increasingly frustrating when you have two defensemen who are so good in the offensive zone getting only defensive zone deployments. And yeah. some people will then say, of course, well, if they're really that good, they'll get out of the defensive zone. But when you're getting your shifts started in the defensive zone and getting pulled off the ice and then going back on the ice in the defensive zone, it's really hard to generate good offense. They didn't have a great game. I won't try and say they will, but their play has not been nearly as bad as people think it has. When you take into context, the amount of responsibility that's been put on their shoulders. And that is something I will continue to defend all season long. The strength of competition that this pair has been getting game in and game out has been ridiculous. They don't get any easy matchups. Mort Sider himself played 25 minutes of ice time in this hockey game. And for one, I think it shows how little faith that Derek Alone has in any other defensive pairing 
that they're only putting Wallman and Sider out in there in difficult positions. I think positions. that's mostly what it says. <laughs> also, give them a break, too. Like, every once in a while, give them a favorable matchup. Give them a matchup in the offensive zone. Like, they are too good offensively to just pigeonhole them to playing in the defensive zone. Also, I don't know if, if they're good enough defensively to continue to just do that, but they're also the best we have defensively in comparison yeah. to what we got. They're getting the short end of the stick on every single matchup. For the love of God, dear Galoon, I am begging you, get them out of the defensive zone to start their shifts. Like I And I know it's going to get worse from there, right? And then, okay, you're having Ben Chirot <laughs> and Jeff Petrie in there, right? Like, that's the other side. But the, the fact of the matter is they're playing so much and starting so much in their own zone. It's like they're not even given a chance to do anything with the puck, which can't also serve to help you like not having them in the offensive zone can also only serve to hurt you it's a really fascinating conversation and and like you said i mean i i think there's definitely a, a broader conversation to be had there as well uh that graphic was super fascinating i think the discourse around it is 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 incredibly fascinating um i i mean just look at like you said you can look at tonight cider with 25 minutes i think wallman was second on the team with like 21 or 22 and seeing that big of a gap between the two of them and still having both of them lead the team is just like yet another example of that, right? Uh, yeah, man, like the cider is just, and again, like you look at the blue line and I mean, I would rather have Moritz Cider on the ice than anybody else on our blue line, right? Like it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough, it's a very fine line to walk and Obviously, when to deploy them situationally when they take the ice is certainly something that can be adjusted and, and somewhat more measured than what it clearly has been so far this season. It's just it's really fascinating to me that like, I, I don't know, I'm not going to complain about like clearly the best defenseman on the team getting the most minutes. It's just. Again, it really just comes down to deployment. In this hockey game, Scotty, at five-on-five, Mort Sider and Jake Wollman had five defensive zone shift starts each. Three neutral zone shift starts, zero offensive zone shift starts. That's wild. That's unbelievable. And then 13 and 14 on the fly, because in reality, most of your shifts are going to start on the fly. For sure. (laughs) And I understand it, right? Like, they're your best defensemen. You want them out there in the toughest situations. But at the same time, like, they're also your best offensively in the offensive zone outside of like Shane Gosses bear, they work so well. And I've, I've broke it down why they work so well in the offensive zone to not give them any offensive zone shift starts is insane to have them out there struggling in the defensive zone, doing their best to try and keep this game close. And then as soon as the puck gets out of the zone, have them have to come off the ice to put Edvinson and Justin hole out there or Sherratt out there is baffling. And Ben Sherratt actually offensively has looked pretty good the last few games. I'm not going to take that away from him. But <laughs> Simon Evanson and Justin Hole led the team on offensive zone shift starts with three each. I just do not get it. Oh, and for the record, despite the fact, despite the fact that Moritz Sider and Jake Woolman had zero offensive shift, shift starts and five defensive shift starts, they both led the team in expected goals four percentage at five on go. five. 57 and 52. They were both relative 25% for Moritz Sider and Jake Wallman. I will not take any Moritz Sider slander. Hope I didn't r- rumble my mic too much yelling at a slam. No, on the no, table. 
Sounded pretty good on my end. I was just, I'm just so fed up with one, the d- the deployment. And I, I don't know the solution. I don't because it's one of those situations where they're your best on the offense side of the puck and you're your best on your defensive side of the puck. So what do you want to do? Where is it? Where is it more valuable to the team to have them? But at the same time, it's just like, put them in favorable situations, especially when you're down, when you want to tie this game up, stop putting them in the defensive zone. Cause now you're trying to tie the game up, put them in the offensive zone. Do it, Derek. So fed up with it. This team is not good enough. I can keep going. I wait. I stopped there to give you a second interject. (laughs) Was that what that was for? That was what that was for. This team is not good enough. I understand that Derek Lalonde is trying to implement a style similar to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I get that. The Tampa Bay Lightning have had the success that they've had in part because of the style they play. But that goes hand in hand with the talent that roster has. And this talent or this roster does not have the same caliber of talent as the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have a very, the, the style of play that the Lightning have is very dependent on a very strong defensive core and a Vesna winning goaltender, which the Red Wings most definitely do not have on either side, like on either part. You can, like, you have to change. What is this team strong at? Play into those strengths. Stop trying to force this team into playing a game that isn't benefiting them. I think I'm getting, I, I, and this team's playing really poorly right now. Everything is going bad against them, right, Scotty? But I'm just getting dangerously close to start really questioning the coaching. And I've been very lenient on it. And I haven't criticized it because I've wanted to give it time. It's a new regime or a season and a half in, but a season and a half in, while we saw a step forward last year, not with this recent downfall, we've regressed back to where we were last year. And this team needs to take another you know, considerable step forward, and they haven't done it. So I don't know when is an appropriate time to really question goaltending. Or I'm sorry, well, that too. But coaching, well, <laughs> I just I, I'm exasperated right now. I'm frustrated, and just something needs to change. I completely agree. That's uh kind of how we, I guess, bookend the show because that's how I started it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Kevin Bicker had an assist for Germany's first ever win over Norway or yeah. sorry, Finland. Apologies, Finland. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, they've never beaten Finland in the World Junior Championship. And then just a quick update for you Sweden plays Germany uh, today by the time you're listening to this. So, Kevin Bicker faces Anton Johansson and Axel Sandin Pelica. Yeah. And then the United States plays as well. And that's your opportunity to see goaltender Trey Augustine. So, make sure you check those out if you are awake for it. That'd be cool. Any final thoughts, Scotty? We ball, man. We ball. I got passionate there at the end, huh? Yeah. I feel like I just sound like I'm like half asleep or dead. Like I'm just like so drained to be honest. I apologize, but no, that's how I started the show. And then I worked myself up, but I'm always you did. You did. respect, respect. I'll <laughs> uh, be back with a new episode tomorrow to preview the game against whoever they're playing next. My mind's a blank right now. I just want to go home. I'm already home. Uh, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.